You are listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists, hosted by Dr. Laura Mock. This is a space where we talk about all things wellness, just for dentists. If you're looking for help treating yourself better, mentally, emotionally, and physically, you're in the right place. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my 11th episode. I'm so excited to be here today. My name is Dr. Laura Mock, the life coach for busy dentists. And today we're going to be talking about why being a human dentist is lonely. First, I want to take a minute to read another one of my podcast reviews. So fun. I just love listening to what you guys like about this podcast and also my coaching. So this is from somebody that I coached and she said, Big shout out to Dr. Laura. It was my first session with her, OMG, how deeply connected I felt to myself. With her powerful questions, I felt as if I was observing my own thoughts from outside of me and self-interviewing myself. It was quite a stir for me and for my good. Thanks again, doctor. And I just want to add, I hear this from a lot of people. After I coach them, they can see so much more clear what they're thinking and how they could change it if they want to. So without further ado, we're going to get started. Okay, well, let's get started. So what we are going to talk about today is called why being a human dentist can be so lonely. And basically, I'm just going to be describing to you the biological and evolutionarily placed reasons why we as humans want to be with other people. And then we're just going to take that knowledge and sort of apply it to our lives as dentists. Then it will make much more sense why we feel lonely so often. And then at the end, I'm going to be talking about some strategies that you can use to feel less lonely. I know these strategies have helped me quite a bit. So um, we're going to get started. So I read a book And the book is by Sebastian Younger. That's um, J-U-N-G-E-R. And the book is called Tribe. I was introduced to this guy um, on one of Oprah's podcasts. Have you guys ever listened to Oprah's podcasts? They are so good. Please check it out if you haven't. So anyway, I was reading this book. It's called Tribe. And Sebastian Younger has theories about why we are so connected. So I'm going to talk about his theories for a little bit first. First of all, he said that individual organisms of the human species, that's you and me, whether we're dentists or not, we need a tribe. We are evolutionarily wired to be interdependent and it's woven into our biology. So some of you have listened to me speak before and I'm always talking about how our emotions were placed inside of us as organisms by evolution. Evolution wants us to behave in certain ways, and evolution uses the feelings we have inside our emotions to drive our behavior. And when it comes to connection, it's not any different. Evolution has us feeling those warm fuzzies when we're connected. It's totally on purpose, and it keeps us staying connected. And in fact, Sebastian Younger said that this part of humanity is so essential to our survival as a species, that helping each other thing, that being connected and receiving help, 
and helping that without it, we may not have even persisted as a species. I mean, maybe the Neanderthals would have been in charge by now. Who knows? But it's that part of us that is helping each other survive that made our species become what it is right now. So what they've found is that now we're living in modern day. Most of my listeners are in the United States, but I have seven other countries. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably are in a more developed part of the world. And what that means is that we have disentangled ourselves from the interdependence that biology thinks that we need. So we live in separate houses and we go to jobs where we're only around certain people. We don't have to sleep together to stay warm. We don't have to help each other find food. And what's happened is that they found that countries who don't, the residents don't have to depend on each other even though it's more comfortable because you can stay warm and all that stuff, the people in the countries are actually not as happy as the ones in the less developed countries. So fascinating, right? Well, let's make a dental comparison. I really love talking to my patients about biofilm. Do you guys ever, like when you're sitting there with a patient who consistently has plaque on their teeth, I'm like, okay, how can I really break this down for this patient? Because I don't think that they're getting that the biofilm has to be disrupted by the patient's hands. And so what I do is I make a comparison to, do you guys remember the game Red Rover? Um, We played this a lot in recess when I was a kid. So the kids all cross-link their arms with each other, and then someone will come across the playground and try to break the chain. But if the kids are strong enough, they stay together and nobody gets kicked out of the game. Because if you break the chain, then somebody gets kicked out. And I always tell my patients about this game and how the biofilm on their teeth is trying to help the individual species survive because if they get kicked off of a tooth, they're going to die, right? So all those different bacteria have developed different ways to stick to their neighbor and help their neighbor out. And it's like a group effort, right? Um, And it's not very different when we think about human behavior and how our hormones drive us to keep on doing uh, that, that interdependence thing. So for example, baby comes out of mama's body, mama loves the baby, nurtures the baby. This is all driven by evolution. There is love that's there. And then the baby, the mom takes care of the baby. Or how about that good feeling that you get when you helped someone for no reason whatsoever, nobody paid you to do it. You just chose to help someone. Those warm fuzzies are not accidental because remember our emotions are ancient. They are driven by evolution. So in that way, the fact that evolution wants us to stick together makes us not very different from the Red Rover game or the biofilm on our teeth. (laughs) All right. Sebastian Younger gave some examples in his book, just sort of some proof of this concept. When Mr. Younger of 20 years ago in the past, he was embedded with a group of Bosnian, well, it was soldiers in Bosnia. So American soldiers in Bosnia, and he was embedded with them. And because he was going to do a report and it was cold and it was really dangerous. They didn't have very much 
um, food. They didn't have enough of that. And they slept shoulder to shoulder. People were shooting at them all the time. And when Mr. Younger went home and the rest of the soldiers went home, he called to follow up with them. And what he found is that a lot of the soldiers wanted to go back. They missed being there helping their fellow soldiers. And he thought it was so interesting. That's actually when he started studying this concept of tribe. And here's another one. In the book, he talks about a psychology study that that compared Nigerian women to American women. And you want to guess which ones are happier? It's not the ones with the minivan and the air conditioning and the Starbucks coffee. It's the Nigerian woman who's got to help her family and her Um, friends and and neighbors survive. So now let's take this concept of the fact that we need each other to feel happy and let's just apply it to like middle-class America where we don't depend on each other. We don't need each other's help surviving or staying warm. We wake up, we take a shower, we have food ready for us. Then we get into our cars, usually by ourselves. I mean, it's so rare to have two people in a car that people with more than two people get a special lane in the commuter, uh, a commuter lane on the interstate, right? And I personally think that those who get onto a commuter train, it's actually even a little bit worse than getting in a car because you're surrounded by people, but nobody's talking. They're all looking at their phones. So there's no interconnection. There's no helping each other. There's just everybody in their own little world. And then we go to work. Yeah, We might inter, uh, interact with a couple of people, but then we're back in our car or on the train and back home into our single family household where it's the food is there. It's warm. We sleep either by ourselves or with our spouse, not with a bunch, with a whole family or anything. And our much, so our lives are much more comfortable, except for one thing, which is that we are not as happy as humans in that less dependent situation. Our real conversation that we used to have with the people around us is being substituted because of the fact that we don't have to talk to each other to survive. And then we have social media, which cannot create the same warm, fuzzy feelings as we can from actually having an interaction with someone and actually, especially helping someone or receiving help from someone. That biology that's within us does not know what to do with single family homes and social media, like Facebook and Instagram. Biology don't give you no warm, fuzzy feelings when you're sitting there on Facebook. Okay. So that's middle-class America. And now let's take this and let's just dial it in a little bit more. So now we're talking about dentists in terms of this biology need that we know we have. Just kind of like take middle-class America and just sprinkle a little bit of dentistry on there. Just sprinkle it around. And let's say some things that make being a dentist even more singular than living in middle-class America. Well, first of all, most of us work alone, especially if we own our practices. Usually we're a lone doctor. And there's another thing, which is that our work, although it's a healing work, frequently involves causing other people pain. 
And we believe in what we do and we're going to continue to hurt people every now and then for what we're doing, but it creates isolation. Uh, So what I'm saying is we can't depend on our interaction with our patients to give us that warm, fuzzy feeling. It's not going to happen. First of all, we hurt them. Second of all, they're paying us. So it's not the same. You know, when I go to the grocery store, um, I'm walking around, I'm getting my stuff. I'll look up and I'll see a patient. And I have learned now never to try to wave big or say, Hey, because half the time while I'm walking through the store, the people really, really want to talk to me. But the other half, it's like this, they, they're looking away from me really, really fast um, as I'm walking by because they don't want to talk to me. And they still are glad that I'm their dentist. I'll see them again the next time they're getting their teeth clean. But there's this thing when it comes to um, the isolation of a dentist. You're, you're loved by some, you're avoided by others. And we feel that, don't we? And of course, we have people that we work with But for the most part, those people are our employees. So we are paying them to be there and we are tasked with leading them. And I love my team. I really, really do. But I cannot depend on them to give me those warm, fuzzy feelings of interdependence. It just doesn't work out that way. And then, of course, we go home and we have all of the worries of the practice still on our minds. And um, I don't know about you guys, but When I get home from work after a day of treating patients, I'm not going to yoga class. I'm not going to go see the Chamber of Commerce dinner. I just want to go to bed. It's not an appropriate time for me to reach out socially and, and find new people to help. So those are some of the challenges that are sort of intrinsic in the life of a dentist that make it more lonely. But there's another thing, which goes back into my role as a life coach. And that is that our thoughts about our situation isolate us. And the reason is because our thoughts are what create our feelings. So if we're having a a thought like, my patient is mad at me, or my patient left a bad review, I got one of those this week, my staff sucks or my staff resents me. I'm tired. I think that one a lot. I'm just tired. I don't want to do the quadrant of class twos coming up in my schedule. I'm tired. I just want to sell this practice and run far, far away, but I can't, which by the way is also a thought. I can't is a thought. You totally could sell it and run away if you wanted to, if that's what you decided. But my point is that all of those sentences that I just said, they are generating negative or isolating feelings for us. And the first step in eradicating those thoughts so that we can feel better is just recognizing what we're thinking about. Um, So that creates, I'll tell you more about how to be aware of what you're thinking. But just right now, I just want you to see that what you're thinking about with regards to yourself and your dental practice can make you feel more lonely. So now what? We're going to be talking about some different things that you can do to decrease your sense of loneliness and to get those warm, fuzzy 
interdependent feelings back that evolution placed within you to feel. And the first step is just to understand why you feel lonely, which we already did. It's the lack of interdependence. It's middle-class living. It's the life of a dentist and the fact that you're an employer working by yourself. And it's how you're thinking about yourself and your practice. So now that we understand that, we can make some changes. And it's not even that hard to do. And then we're going to decrease that sense of loneliness. So I have some strategies for you here. Okay, are you ready? Number one, I already said, which is to recognize that we're biologically wired to be connected. Number two is to recognize that we can actually hack our own biology. And it's very simple. We just have to reach out and find ways to be interconnected and more specifically to help someone who needs help. It's really easy to find someone who needs help. Just go outside, (laughs) go to the mall, go to your local grocery store, go to a meeting, look for someone who looks lonely or needs help with their groceries. One time I helped one of my patients with their groceries and she was, I, I could just see that she had a lot of groceries and I was at the mall, I, at the grocery store anyway. I was like, do you need help with this? So I just helped her out to her car and we had the most wonderful exchange of warm, fuzzy feelings because it just was so great to know that I'd help someone who really needed it. And she appreciated it so much. And when someone's thankful to you, it's so wonderful. So that's just half the biology, guys. You already know you're going to get the warm fuzzies if you find someone to help. So get out there and do it. Oh, and do not help someone using Facebook or Instagram. It doesn't do the same thing. The next one, look back to a time when you have felt those warm fuzzies before and ask yourself, what were you doing? And this can help you in two different ways. First of all, the memory itself can give you some warm fuzzies because, you know, it's starting with your thoughts. And then second, you can duplicate whatever it was you were doing. Try it again. Very simple. All right. This is my next one. I love this one. Go to some really good continuing education. And while you're there, either take along some friends or make some new friends. Dentists need friends. So this is an example of finding someone who needs help. So you're learning how to be a better dentist and you're around other people who want to be a better dentist. Find one who's sitting by themselves and ask them where they're from. Ask them what their practice is like and what they're struggling with. See if you can help them at all and just start a new conversation. I am telling you, I have found the best people in dental meetings. They are, you guys know who you are. I'm pointing at you right now. Thank you for being my friend. It's the best, okay? And then of course, the next one is to learn how to manage your thoughts. So we walk around this life that we're living and we assume that everything that's happening up here in our brains between our ears is correct. Um, And we don't really think about the fact that our thoughts are created by an organ in in our bodies that is mostly on autopilot. Like it's on autopilot as we're driving. It can see light and dark images and it can tell us when we need to slow down and speed up. And the thing is that it also has autopilot on our thoughts about ourselves and our relationships with other people. So when you're having thoughts like my patient is mad at me or my sister 
doesn't love me anymore or whatever. When you're having those thoughts, you're normally assuming that your thoughts are correct. But just remember, your brain is just an organ. It's there to try to keep you alive. And since you're a human being, you actually can redirect it if you want to. And that's basically what life coaching is about. So people work with me and we look inside their mind, see what their mind is telling them. And then the clients can decide if they want to keep that thought, if it's creating something in their world that they want, or if they want to dismiss the thought. One of the ways that you can learn more about life coaching is just to continue to listen to my podcast. If this is the first episode that you found me on, you can go back to episode one. Um, Or if you just want to learn more, you can also get on Google and Google um, Life Coaching Podcasts. You'll find Brooke Castillo, the Life Coach School. You'll find Katrina Ubell, um, Weight Loss for Busy Physicians. Uh, Look for Oprah. Oh my gosh, Oprah's podcast is amazing. And it goes into the life coaching subjects a lot. This is some of the things that you can do. And the other thing is that if you're really feeling like you want to talk to me, I would really love to hear from you. I mean, we could have one conversation and during that time, I can show you what's happening in your mind and it would be an hour that was very well spent for you. So that is all I have for you today. If you do want to talk to me, you go to my website and right on the main page, there's a little Um, get your free consultation now button. Click on that, pick a time in the calendar, and I'll meet you in a video conference. And if you just want to keep listening to my podcast, then thank you so much for listening and for sticking with me through this. And we will talk to you again soon. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening to Feeling Good, a podcast for dentists. To learn more, please visit thelifecoachforbusydentist.com and take advantage of my current offer for a free, no-obligation consultation to find out if having a life coach is right for you. I promise you won't regret it.